Okay. How's everyone doing this morning? How many enjoyed the snow day this week? Yeah, see, see? When I said snow, everyone said, oh, and then y'all got some days off. So it's not too late. We still got to April. We can get some more snow days in the middle of the week. So I'm excited about that and get to sleep in and entertain the children. Go out, uh, seeing some of y'all out doing snowball, throwing, um, building snowmen and doing angels. Grown people doing angels in there. <laughs> wow. I said, man, I wish they get that excited about church. Just kidding. But <laughs> good to see you guys. My name is Pastor Rich and lead pastor here. And it's good to see everybody this morning. A lot of us are dealing with the flu. How many have gone through the flu or the flu hasn't touched your house yet? Praise God. If it's touched your house and you feel like it, leave. Okay? All right. But no, I'm just kidding. Because I'm, I'm going all the way through it. I haven't got caught yet. It's trying to catch me. And I said, no, I'm too old to get the flu. So that's okay. But I get a lot of good shots before that anyway. But guys, you're coming again. We're now week five of our Amazing Grace. And today we have one called Enriching Grace. Everybody say Enriching all right, what we're going to do in study today is how amazing grace transforms our finances. Our finance, how amazing grace transforms our finances. Now, here's the takeaway today. Here's the takeaway. God is, I'm sorry, giving is not what we do, it's who we are. Your Christ followers, not what you do, it's who we are because who we serve. And we're going to speak some time about our finances that's close to our hearts. Amen. And that's most the last thing that God usually gets is our finances because we like to hold on to stuff. And he wants to show us through his amazing grace, he wants to transform our finances, but really he's transforming our heart and how we look at our finances. So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 11. Again, it's the Apostle Paul speaking to his church um, before he comes back to see him. But he has some instructions for him. It says this, the point is this, whoever, spare, I mean, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. I think we just heard that, didn't we? Right. And God is able to make all grace abound to you instead of having all sufficiency in all things at all times that you may abound in every good work. I love the word all. Can you tell? As it's written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way and be generous in every way which through, all, all, through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today, God, that you give us wisdom on how you want us to transform our finances for your glory. Father, I pray not for information, but revelation to, to capture our hearts today, your heart to change the world through your church. We thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me give you a little backdrop on this, this passage here. If you know about the Apostle Paul, he's, a, he's an amazing apostle going around planting churches. If you know in the book of Acts chapter 2, when the new church was planted, um, came in through all the Jews, a lot of things took place in that part. When you gave your life to Christ in, in Jerusalem, your family walked away from you, you probably lost your job, and you became someone who loved Christ, but had no support system. 
And what they did in Galatians when Paul came back and told them, hey, the gospel's spreading all around the world, not just the Jews, the Gentiles also. They said, well, don't forget the poor. What was he talking about? He's talking about the poor that's in Jerusalem. So he was taking up a collection from all the churches at least once a year, and he takes the collection and blessed those in Jerusalem. Now, if you know in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the people he's coming to are not that well off. In fact, you're talking about out of their poverty, they gave above and beyond what they can do. But they first gave themselves to the Lord. They found a principle of enriching grace. He didn't come to a place where there were millionaires. He came to a place, they said, in poverty. But out of your poverty, you guys were amazing. And then you got to look at you got to look at where we live in America. We're not broke. We might feel broke, but I want you to get on a plane when you go on a mission trip this year and you go to Mexico or you go to Baja, Mexico, same place. <laughs> You'll discover, oh my gosh, I'm a rich, spoiled brat. Remember, we're Americans. We live in housing and we got 2.4 uh, at least, um, what do you call them, storage containers without stuff in it. We're the only ones that's rich hoarders. Now, I got two in my house, so I'm not, not talking about you, okay? That's why I want to get rid of my stuff. Anyway, but this principle, you have to catch this principle. Now, I'll give you a story with you. Me and Ms. Don had the opportunity and the privilege to live in Japan Okinawa, Japan, for um, five years. And it was time to rotate back to the States. And there we had been there, and we actually planted a church before I even knew what planting a church was. We started a church out of nowhere, and we were able to get the church going, and then we, it was time for us to take off and come back. And we knew that we wanted to stick around a little longer because we did VBS in those days, and we asked the military, hey, can we stick around long enough so we can do VBS? And they said, I don't know how to answer that, but sure, why not? I said, and can you throw Hawaii in on that? And they, anyway, it's a long story. But they did. They did all that. Anyway, well, we gave away a lot of things. We gave away our furniture because when you know you go to Japan, you can't take furniture with you. You can buy stuff there, and when you go there, they got amazing rosewood. Rosewood furniture is amazing. When you come to my house, it's all over my house. So we, gave a lot, we put a lot of stuff in storage, and we gave a lot of stuff back. We gave away a car, when we came, a couple of cars when we came back to the United States. When we were coming back to the United States and we got our first household goods shipped because we bought a house, our second one was what they call storage. We haven't seen that in five years. It was, stationed, it was um, stored in California. Well, we were waiting for that to be delivered. And they said, well, they're going to drive it from the West Coast to the East Coast. But they had a guy who came around and said, um, I need, um, he said, I need to get a hold of you. He was a believer. I need to get a hold of you and your wife because I don't want to drive through Abilene to go to Kentucky so they can bring it back. So he caught us on 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, we get our household. We forgot that we had all this stuff in storage. But we also had the church we were in at that time, associate pastor who just got married, had no furniture. I had nothing. So what we did with the truck, everything, they came and showed up. Everything that came off the truck, we just gave directly to them because we couldn't fit it in the house because we had all this other furniture. Well, he said this to me. He said, he said Rich, you don't understand what you just done. You set yourself up to be blessed. I had no idea what he was talking about. Then he took me to the Bible and started showing me about this thing called grace giving. 
You know, for a while I started studying it, and I see how things have spun off with the prosperity gospel. But he talked about that grace of giving when your heart is changed. My heart was to help him. Wouldn't even think about getting anything back. I just wanted to give it to him. And then we noticed when we got here, a lot of things were different in our lives because we, we give things away. We gave away a truck. Um, we built a house on um, minimum dollars because things were happening in our lives. And it's all because of his grace giving. And what Paul was saying, there's a spiritual law in the very first um, verse of this, chapter 6. He said the, soil, the, the uh, law of sowing and reaping. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap what? Sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully, right? What he's saying, that's the law that God put in place of sowing and reaping. We say all the time, right? You reap what you sow. You reap what you say. We say that to other people, right? We can say, yeah, and, we, and we're righteous about it. But hey, guys, you reap what you sow. And then we live in America today. Everyone wants to know how I can just sow sparingly and I can reap bountifully. What does I got to do the minimum to receive the maximum payout? Well, don't, I mean, how can I get the good job without sowing in this little job? Right? Enriching, and that's what he's talking about. God's talking about that. And he says in Luke 6, 38, Giving it will be given to you to the measure that you use it when we measure back to you. He's talking about the law of sowing and reaping. Now he's just not talking about finance, he's talking about life, period. Your time, your talent, your treasure, everything. It'll be measured back to you. So the level that you met, you give out, it'll be measured back. And we love 638 because we got to press down, running again and running over. That's great, but you gotta still get going with the beginning. But you don't look for that. You do that because that's who you are as a Christ follower. If you're not a Christ follower, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But if you're a Christ follower, this is some of the things that God calls us to do. And it's a great example because if we want to solve the ills and the worries of our, of our world today, the way we do that is giving. How do you solve racism? You give love. Really? Yeah. How do you stop poverty? You give toward that. You don't spend a whole six months bringing out, um, trying to figure out whose who's fault it is. Don't we do that now? It's their fault. Okay, we found out whose fault it is. Now, can someone stand up and say, we're going to do something about it? Right? So what it is, he's saying, what God wants us to do is raise our standard of giving, not living. Because when we get into it, we default, well, the more I have, the more I give. Not necessarily. Because you'll see in the Bible, every rich person in the Bible gave, gave nothing. And everyone say, if I have a millionaire show up in the church, he won't give anything. I bet you someone who's less will give a whole lot more because their heart's completely changed. They know they need God. He thinks, I don't need God. Y'all need me. Been there and done that. Look what Paul said in, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 7. He says, but as you excel in everything, right, in faith and speech and knowledge and all your earnest and your love for you to see that you excel in this act of grace also. What is he saying? Grace giving. God empowers you to give once you get into the flow. And when it's cross-referencing to, if you know 1 Kings chapter 17, 7 through, I mean, yeah, 17, verses 7 through 17, Elijah with the widow. The children of Israel sinned. 
And God says, there's going to be a drought for three years. Now, you're, Elijah, you're going to go down to the brook. And I love this part. The water, until the water runs out, you're going to stay there, and I'm going to bring the birds to feed you. Wow. Now, that ran out. That resource ran out. He said, now, I have a better plan for you, Elijah. I want you to go to the poorest person. I picked up the poorest person in the whole city that you're going to go to to feed you. You didn't send me to a millionaire, and I sent you to a widow with nothing but a word from me. Get up and go. He goes, she's out there, she's picking up sticks so she can make her last meal. He said, before you make the last meal, make me a cake. Because he said, all I have is a handful of flour. And I love the way the Bible describes it, in a small jar of oil. And we're gonna, me and my son, we're going to take this stick and we're going to eat and we're going to die because there's a drought. When there's a drought, no plants are growing. Nothing's happening. He said, first make me a cake. And I'll tell you what, when you make that cake, first things first, you know, when we talk about our 10%, that's just the baseline, okay? And uh, she makes the cake. He said, the, the flour and the oil will never run out if you do to the man, to God first. What does she do? She made the cake first. It never ran out. Three-year drought. She was the only one in the village who had food. A widow. She was minus poverty. But she had God, and she believed the promise of God. That's the principle. You want to create a great business? Who do you give to first? You want to create a sustaining business? Well, you get first. What are you talking about, Pastor? You look at the hit, go read, go home and read the history of J.C. Penney's and what they did with giving. In fact, go look at the, the uh, background of Microsoft and see they have a whole department that really believes in sowing and reaping because it's a law that God placed here on earth. Like seed, time, and harvest. Go research those companies. You'll see why this, you'll see why one. Big place here now, Chick-fil-A, where every college student loves to eat. I mean, let's go to Chick-fil-A. And, and Whataburger's coming up second. But how can they close on Sunday? They'll be out there rest and not go broke. Look at the giving. They're getting a lot of bad press lately, but look at what they do. Look who they honor first. Grace giving. You got to be a grace giver. That's who you are already if you release it from your heart. See, grace givers recognize a few, three things. First, grace giving is a joy, not a job. Right? Verse 7, each of them must give as he decides in his heart, not reluctantly, under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. What do you mean, Pastor Rich? When, 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 when Manny gets up here, everyone should be cheering because I have the opportunity to give. And some of y'all go, the pressure comes on right away. Right? That's the hardest part of the service. That's why we try to get you all ready to go. When he gets up there, yeah. I mean, I just sung about how God's goodness is, but I don't trust him with my finances. Really? Really? I got to do something? Yes. Well, because, you know, I'll, I'll, we default to this. I got to give. Obligation. I got to give. And they better tell me where that money is going. 
okay? Or I give to get. Hey, I tired one time. I should get a bountiful prize. You're, getting, you're expecting something. And guess what? When God doesn't um, meet your expectations the way you think it is, you quit. No, well, that didn't work. It's a lifetime achievement. I mean, really. I mean, really? I wouldn't, that attitude, no. Now, how about this one? We get to give. So when that man, he gets up, you can tell the second service when you leave out, hey, you need to cheer because Pastor Rich is going to test y'all on this, right? <laughs> hey, we get to give, man. I'm excited. Why? Because they realize grace giving. See, giving, you got to look at it. Giving reflects the character of our heart. It isn't about the, how much you give. It's your heart. God knows I got to change your heart before I change. He says in 2 Corinthians 8, he said they gave themselves to the Lord first. When you give yourself to the Lord first, your finances are nothing. It's nothing to you. Like, I didn't understand about giving, but I just wanted to give everything to God. I just did. But the song Reaping, whenever you're in a jam, this happened in this church. We weren't doing well financially until we said, we're going to just sow and reap when I first, in 2012. So we're going to do, we're going to sow. Now, how much we reap, I have no idea. But we do all the time. We give out, we got to give tithe. We got to give, and we give offering. We don't have to give offering, but we give offering. Why? Because that is the thing that God says doing. We love to do that. Now, why? God wants us to be cheerful. Why? Because he's cheerful. It says this in Isaiah 53, how much it really, God enjoyed breaking Jesus for us. A father enjoyed the sacrifice that was going to set us free. How many know God's a cheerful giver? How many know God got a sense of humor? He, did, he sent Jesus for me. You look at Jesus, I wouldn't even save me. Right? Yeah. He's a cheerful giver. And he, doesn't, he knows what he gets back in return? Me. That's not much. That's not much at all. I lost my son. Yeah, getting him back. Why? He wants us to imitate him. That's why Christmas is so amazing. But it was Christmas. You know why? Because you start walking it in the character of God. And you're giving gifts some people don't even like or still in the garage. But you gave. And your heart is right. When your heart belongs to God, finances is not a hard time. It's not. If you're having a hard time with your finances, which I'll get at the end of this, you need to get out of it. You need to stop. See, in the world today, is about holding on. You ever notice that lately? Hold on. Hold on. Let's hunker down. And let's hold on to everything. Let's build a wall. I'm sorry, that's political. I can't say that. You know, let's protect ourselves. I'm like, well, are you really serious? And you're going to hold on to stuff that you can't, you're not going to see anyway? I live in a house, which I'm going to pay off, that's going to outlast me. Why would I put all my, this is it. I have arrived. You know what you arrived at? More work. Who owns a home? Is it ever finished? No. By the time you finish your project that your wife gives you, it's time to redo it again. It takes you seven years to get it right, right? Well, honey, let's change. The, you're not liking this, <laughs> right? And you want to say, Lord, just change the color. Now, go back. And you keep doing it, and you keep doing it. It's okay. It's all right. I love, I love homes, too. Mine's at the age now. If you buy a new house, make a, build a house, now mine's at the age of maintenance. <sighs> So I'm like, okay, I got to paint and all that other stuff. But here's about grace. God gives grace to those who give to others. But he will hold you grace for those who won't. 
This whole idea is, did you get more to give more? Remember, it's not a job. You'll never enjoy your walk with God if you think it's a job. Obedience is a job. You're not releasing anything. Unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, that you're not looking as you reach out, well, I won't give it all the way out until I know where it's going. Do you let it die? It will never rise up to do anything great. And what does he call us? To die to that. He will hold it from others. He holds it from us. Why? As you're giving, as a grace giver, it's amazing. You don't care about 10%. You're way beyond all that. Big deal, whatever, because New Testament doesn't say the law says 10, but that's your baseline. But when you know it, you realize something about when you give, God's grace toward us starts to reproduce his graciousness in us. The more you give, the more you want to. So something changes in your heart. You don't want, I just want, I don't want, I can't wait to give, I can't wait. I can't wait to share the gospel. I can't wait, I can't wait. Why? Something changes, why? He's changing you as you're changing others. God's graciousness, grace toward us, reproduces grace within us. Why? God is able to make all, I love this word, all. All grace abound to you. So I have all sufficiency in all things at all times. So you may abound in every good work as is written. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor his righteousness endures forever. What does God's rich in grace do when you read this? God's enriching grace, because I had to write this down, includes all that he can do for you that you're unable to do for yourself. His enriching grace does all he can do for you that you can't do for yourself. Comes with it, not just finances, healing, good health, gifts to distribute. You know the gifts of the Spirit is not ours, it's his. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is not ours, it's his. What we can't do for ourselves. When I retired from the military, and my wife retired from the military, and she went to ACU, how many know ACU is not inexpensive? And I watched, we watched, and we did a budget, and our output was double of our input. So we had to make a decision. Do we stop giving? No. That's not even on the table. What are we going to do? We're going to call the creditors. Hey, you'll get $10 this week, but you didn't make the cut because the only number one cut we don't want to lose is God. And then we watched us just, I didn't have the power to do it, and we just watched things start to take place. And next thing we have, next thing, how do we get through the month? That's amazing. Where'd that, come, where'd that balance come from? Wow. And then we watch this. Hey, when you're broke, you can have all the time to go to lunch together, have sandwiches together, and since you can't go out, y'all can hang out at night together. <laughs> Minus out plus up. Yeah, had lunch together, hung out. Our date nights were roaring rich because we had nowhere to go. What? See that, how we looked at it. And then God, through his grace put us in a place that I could never even figure it out. Because his graciousness started, and at the time, we continued wanting to get. Why? It says here, so you be a bound on every good work. He prepared good works and provide for our good works. He prepared our good works, but he also provided for us to execute those good works, the gifts of the Spirit. 
the gift, how God fills us with his spirit so we can do the good works that he appointed us to do. He gives us what we need. When we can't give it to ourselves, how many know willpower is not going to work when you're walking in the kingdom of God? Sometimes your schedule don't work with the kingdom. Don't be so, oh, I got to have this. No, 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 no. You need the power of God right now. You need to sit down and get filled every day before you go out. So what he prepares for you, he, he provides for you that you can't provide for yourself. That's part of the grace. Why? He says, I'll give you more so you can do more. You know what promotion in the kingdom of God is? Write this down. More work. Think about it. You're a college student, you go to college. You're eating free when you're in high school, weren't you? Not much expectation. Then something happened. You become a junior. Hey, you need to go get a job. The money trees run out. Okay, I get a job. Okay, you need to start paying. Aren't you growing? Aren't you getting more work as you get older? And then you really grow up, and you get married, and then you bring the grandkids over, and they only want to stand for about 20 minutes. Okay, that's enough. Stop crying. Bye. Go home. You can't live here. You ever notice they turn your room into something else? A den? Why? Because you grew up. You got more work on you. Psalm, in verse 9, he quotes Psalm 112.9. It says this. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. That's what I'm talking about, influence and honor. You don't start paying the same price as everyone else. When people ask me, how much did you pay? I just came to that store and I said, well, we just got that furniture $4,000 off. How would you do that? He said $8,000. We walked out there. He said, no, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. I remember I'm sitting on the couch right now. It was $8,000. He said, well, you know. I said, I'm a military. Okay, we'll give you a discount. Well, you know, I can't. You know, That's not good enough. He started dropping the price. And guess what? We'll deliver it to you for free. Okay. I'll take that part. Then someone else walks in there. I have to pay all that money. Ah, you're not in the flow. How you build a house on $67 a square foot in 2005 when it was $90 a square foot? The grace of God. Not bragging. Bragging on God. That's the flow. Why would you not? Why you, who wants to struggle all their lives trying to make it when you already made it? All you got to start doing is walking in your ID. Because it's not, remember, it's not what you do, it's who you are. It's who you are. You got to realize one thing. God is the source of what is planted, and it's also the source, source of what's harvested. It's not even ours. I love in, in, um, in Haggai, when they stopped building the temple. He said, go, get, the, go to tr- get them trees, cut them trees down, go get this, go get this, and start rebuilding. Now, it was interesting, no one had to go in their pocket to get a tree. It's interesting, who created the tree? Who made the tree grow? He said, now, what I'm saying in, in plain language, go get my stuff 
so you can build my stuff. I'm your creator. I'm the source. Stop tripping off resources. We think resources are the source. It's not the source. Well, you know, if we don't have, it doesn't matter what happens around us. We're in the flow. We're not called to be dictated by culture. We're called to change culture. Because we're going to have another fall. Every seven years we have eh, of nothing. And if Christians should rise up and say, oh, what fall? What are you talking about? Really? Is there a problem? Yeah, I have a problem. What do you need? You need some faith? Let me pray for you. You need, some fin- you know, you need a financial solution? Let me pray for you. Let me get you the right person. Why would we be in need when we're in the flow? He's the source. What you plant is not even yours. What you harvest is not yours, but he gives us free access to it. Isn't that amazing? What's the problem? Here's the problem with us. It's mine. Like, it's mine. My heart says, you can't have it, Pastor Rich. I don't want it. It's not mine. Think about it. Go get my stuff and build my stuff. They have to come on. Let me go... um, um, David, I got to go find, we got to go build a tree, man. We, I, go get from the source. Hey, guess, and guess what? If your resource dries up, like it happened to Elijah, that means he's just pushing you to a higher resource. <laughs> because he's the source. Well, we, we know we'll have a heart attack dealing with resource. Like, I have to make, you don't have to make anything happen. You're in the flow. What's he saying in verse 10? Makes sense, doesn't it? He who supplies. Who supplies? To the, who's the sower? If you don't know that one, you're really out of the flow. We're the sower. And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be gracious in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. It's not the size of your resource, it's the size of your source. I'm not looking at the size of my job and how much I make. I'm looking at the one who gave me the job. That's good news. Because if you look at Jesus, he wasn't much to be dying for us. But the source made it amazing. You got to realize that. We, now I want you to write this down because if you don't get anything else out of this, you need to understand what the church is and who you are. We are enriched by the source. So we can become a great resource to the people. We're enriched by God and then we become the resource. What are you talking about? Salt and light. Yes. We walk into places where it's the, everyone's fighting. We walk in there and there's peace. We come, you come to my, there's something different about you. Why? I've been equipped and enriched by the source to be a resource to my campus, to be a resource to my job, to be a resource out in society where they're fighting and carrying on. We're going to take our resources out there and we're going to bring peace. Why? Because the source brings peace. Make sense? Not to just sit and hold it and grab it. Remember, it's great to entrust your soul to God, but if you don't entrust your finances to God, what's the point? 
What's the point? And we, you know, I'm going to pass. That's great. Then you live in the poverty level. You really will. Not just saying, not materially, spiritually. Because nothing worse than, ah, oh, I don't have it. And, you know, working with God is so hard. You know what you're missing? Life. You know where you get life? Give life. You receive life. People say, I don't have any friends. You know why you don't have any friends? Because you you're not friendly. Give, give friendship, you'll receive friendship. I mean, I got to start off first. Yes. No one talks to me. You got to talk to them first. What am I doing? Sewing, raping. And what happens through us, like he says at the very end, it produces two things. Blessings and glory. It blesses though who we touch. It brings glory to God. I don't know if you've ever been in this position where you work or where you go to school. And someone comes up to you and says, thank God that you work here. Thank God that you're in my class. You ever hear that? Why? Because they're giving God glory because of who you are. When everyone else is bashing people, you're bringing solutions to people. Oh, thank you. You, come in, you have become a resource to us so much. What the world needs is resources from us. What is hate, they need love. That which they need, we have it. Because that's who we are. We're salt. We're light. That's who we are. We're enriched by the source so we can be a great resource to other people. Why? Because it's not what I do. It's who I am. It's not the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Rotary Club. We're the church. Wherever you are in your workplace, you might not like it, but you are a resource. Know why God, God assigned you there? I hate it. Well, you better start loving it because he loves them more than your discomfort. And you got a job to do. We've all been assigned to places. I don't know why I'm here. I'm here to tell you right now. You've been enriched by the source to be a resource to these people. They don't know how to love anybody. They don't know how to get along. They don't know how to take care of their lives. They don't know how to run their marriages. How's a, how's a person going, if I'm having trouble with my marriage, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? To a person who's been divorced three times? Let me tell you, honey, how it's really done. No, you go to a place, you go find some old saints that have been married over 40 years. How'd y'all do that? Not being selfish. Next, next case. And here's the other thing. We didn't quit. And we know who our source is. And the closer we get to him, the more we're changed. And now we reflect looking like him. I'm going over. I got to get moving. Here's it. Where do I start? I told you a lot. Where do you start? First, you want to thank God for the gift that you already have. 2 Corinthians 9, 15. What does he say? Thanks be to God for his inexpressible what? Pastor Rich, I got that gift. Yeah. If you're a Christ follower, you have that gift. And, you know, you can't explain it. I can't explain what God does in our lives. It's hard to explain. The only way I can explain is God's amazing. Second thing is, the hardest thing to do in any kind of business or anything you're doing, you got to start with what you got. 
We, I love our college students here. I love push pay. A dollar. I'm like, come on, Faith. That's all, I know that's all they got is a dollar. <laughs> dollar, dollar, dollar. On Sunday, dollar, dollar. I'm like, come on, man. They give them what they got. Why? It's like the widow's might. They gave all they had so God's going to supply them everything they need. It's that faith level. Faith is risky. But faith has to change your heart. If you're trying to hold on to everything, you're going to lose everything. Let me tell you. No one's successful holding on to everything. The one that you remember is the one that gave everything, don't you? Don't we have, we have great funerals when we hear about how much people sold in other people's lives. And you got fine words for someone who gave nothing. They came and they existed and they left. Anybody getting help by this? Why? Giving is not what we do. It's who we are. <laughs> I'm just trying to declare who you are. It don't matter how young you are. I wish I knew this at 18. Give you some fat. Let me give you a. I'm gonna move this pretty quick. <laughs> Thank you, bro. You read me good. We had, well, we're in the middle of finishing up a campaign. And uh, $200,000 called Generations. You've been seeing the signs around us, and you're sitting in some of the work that's been done. We're gonna have a big celebration in April. And remember, I said that God in the flow will bless you spiritually. And then he will bless you materially. I want to show you what happened in these last two years, just spiritually. You got that for me, bro? His spiritual grace. 2018 to February, where we are now. 23 people saved. Come on now. <laughs> 53 baptisms. We wanted to grow 5% every year. 73 new members came here. We had three staff, and then today, before we leave here today, we're going to add five deacons. We did spiritually. Why? We took a step of faith. People gave beyond what they did. It wasn't 10% to them. It was like God needs to do something. He wants to change the world. He wants to change Abilene, Texas. In the midst of all that, I can just tell you to walk around this whole area since we started two years ago. Watch this whole area change around. We got restaurants coming in. Everything's changing. Why? Because we're here. Influence. We've been praying. Again, Brad, we've been praying. God, change our neighborhood. Make it a neighborhood that we can walk around and help people. And he's doing it. He's doing it. Why? Because we have faith. Tell you what he did materially. Look what we got. 51 people out of 250 people. 51 people gave. $111,261.52. That's one-fifth of the people here. You can imagine if we had all 250 people doing it. We received $70,000 already from it. We still need about $88,738.48. You can tell I didn't do this. 48 cents to be pledged. That's why I have people who love to do this. <laughs> I should have them read it, the second service. All right. We had 73 people. Give to the campaign. 
Some are named pledge. That's one-third of the people of this church gave that much money. One-third. Why is God's grace? He takes it and he multiplies it. Ah, I get excited. Now, here's where we are. Here's the challenge. Here's our challenge for everyone here. If you want to enter in by faith, we're going to help you start becoming grace givers. We know we talk about 10%, but you should know that already. It's if person will give $354.96 before the end of the campaign, which is 26 uh, April, we will hit our goal of $200,000. What's that breakdown to? You'll break down to $118.32 per person each month for the next three months. Is that a hard target? No, not at all. And we will hit that target. Really, we'll exceed that target. And then we'll finish up what we're doing. Why? For the other people coming in the doors. See, when you decide not to give, you just cancel out our effectiveness to the poor. In fact, you opt out of your blessing to the poor and God's glory in you. Amen? Anybody help today? Y'all feel my passion? It's not, it's, you know, it's who we are. It's what I'm passionate about, not what we do. I'm not here to bash you about giving money. I'm just trying to change your perspective on your heart. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning. I ask that you move through our hearts today, Lord. Your word never returns void. I pray as we even talked about, in the first, as we heard in the first song, freedom. Let's be free from ourselves. Let's be free from grief. Let's be free from that which binds us. Little things from us, big things to you, you multiply and do all things well. Our health and everything, you are a great source. Let us look to you more and not to our resource. And We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.